The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM, featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Sam, what's going on? It was a big weekend sports over the weekend. Venus Williams won her fifth U.S. Open. It's the start of college football season, and the NFL just got underway. Man, it feels like Christmas, an old early Christmas present. What's going on, Sam? I'm just saying, man, it's great to be a Michigan Wolverine. And uh, like you mentioned, Darrell, uh, this is one of the best times of the year for me personally. There's nothing like college football. There's nothing like the NFL season. You have fans. They're firing up their grills. They're putting on their college uh, their college teams, the, the NFL teams. It's just a lot of excitement in the air. And, uh, you know, your Miami Hurricanes, they had a big game, a big in-state games. The Miami Hurricanes, they're trying to get their swagger back. They played against a top-10 opponent in the University of Florida. You was at the game. Give us the breakdown, Daryl. Oh, man, I'll tell you, sir, it was a great game. Man, a great game. I tell you, University of Florida had twice as much of time of possession as University of Miami did. They had over 38 minutes. And University of Miami only had 20, 20, 21 minutes of time of possession. But I tell you, our defense looked as good as we have in a very long time. Duke Johnson ran the ball well. He had 21 carries for 59 yards, but not, not as well as some, some, uh, some Hurricane fans would have expected. But Stephen Mars had a pretty good game. You know, not one of those um, really, really step-out games, but we'll, we'll take what he did for us. Um, and, hey, Sam, when you look at it, we came away with a victory, and we're very, very happy in Miami. We moves us, moves us up in the rankings from 21. We're 15 right now in the AP poll. I think we're on our way, man. We're on our way. I'll tell you what, when I looked at this game, I saw a Florida team uh, defensively. Uh, I, I really like to focus in on the defense. You're talking about a Florida defense that did everything in their power to keep their team in the, um, in the game. And uh, I, I really feel that Florida, uh, you know, even though they lost a heartbreak in Miami, when you turn the ball over five times and you turn the ball over on downs once, that's like another turnover. That's So we're going to say they turned the ball over six times in a defense to only give up 21 21 points, you know, uh, you definitely cannot blame the defense on this game. Uh, uh, Driscoll, uh, I'm, I'm starting to think that he's Tim Tebow Jr. You know, he had some uh, critical turnovers in the red zone, uh, really hurt his team. Uh, and, you know, I was I was a little disappointed. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that Miami uh, got the victory. But at the same time, this is the game that Florida, they have to be kicking themselves because uh, when you turn the ball over that many times, Daryl's just going to be hard to beat a tough team and especially an in-state rival. Um, 
And, you know, hey, this is big when it comes to recruiting. You know, there were a bunch of high school kids at the game. They're watching the Gators. They're watching the um, Hurricanes. They're trying to decide what team am I going to be a part of. And, uh, you know, a big victory like that in that type of environment, uh, it can tip tip the hat in uh, Miami's favor. Oh, it was definitely a big victory, Sam. And, you know, from what we hear, um, University of Florida says they're not sure if they're going to be playing us anymore. So this could be the last time that this this in-state rivalry could have happened, and that was on Saturday. Hey, and thank God we came out with a victory on this one, man. I mean, this could catapult our program into into the stratosphere that we used to be in. And I tell you, I was really impressed with our defensive line, man. I think we have something there to build on. Um, our secondary is still young. Our linebackers are as solid as they're going to be. Perriman is definitely a pro. We'll be seeing him in, him in the NFL, if not next year, the year after. And I'm telling you, man, I really think we have something special brewing up on our defensive line. Hey, man, I tell you what, this is the first time you guys have been in the top 25 since 2010. There has to be a lot of excitement in Miami uh, these days. Again, it was a big win. It wasn't a pretty win, but it was a big win. And at the end of the day, it's all about the victory. And, uh, hey, you guys took advantage of the mistakes. And uh, when, you, when you look at the stats, you got to say, man, how did Miami win this game? Florida had almost a 2-1 to advantage in total yards, a 2-1 to advantage in time of possession. But I tell you how Miami won this game. They created five turnovers. And when you can create turnovers, you set your offense up with good field position and you put yourself in position to win. Oh, without a doubt. And, um, you know, I guess when, you, when you're looking at the game, I, I did a replay. I looked at a game on Sunday on television after I got home. But you look at some of these plays, and from as a fan perspective, you may not think that they were fumbled, but they were truly fumbled when you look at them on the replay. And Miami's defense, man, I just can't say enough good things about them. I'm, I'm really pleased with them. Um, I think we have something, something, something brewing that's going to be special. And I'm going to tell you, Sam, we have a, we have – a receiver named Dorsett who has not gotten loose yet. And I really think once this young man's confidence reaches him, he's going to be something very special. And I think we're off to a dynamic season this year down south, man. You know, we play Savannah State next after a bye week this week, and then we come back and we play um, um, South, south Florida. Florida. You know, and I really, I can, I don't, I don't like to predict ahead, but I can see a score though after those two games. Hey man, you got to take it one game at a time. Uh... It should be Savannah, should be South Florida team that's struggling. But, hey, uh, you never know. Uh, my thing is for the young guys in Miami is how they're going to handle success. You know, they got a big victory. Everybody's telling them how good they are. You know, you got to go to practice. You got to correct the mistakes. Uh, and you got um, you got to continue to pro- progress and try to get better. So uh, I look forward to watching the Miami Hurricanes this year. They got, they got several big games coming up this year, you know. Uh, they are in the ACC. They're going to play – they're going to eventually face a, a tough Clemson. Team. They're going to end up facing Florida State at some point in time this year. So uh, the jury's still out, but uh, it was a big victory, and uh, there's nothing there's nothing like winning an in-state game. You have bragging rights. That's what it's oh, all that's about. Sure. And, Sam, you're a UM team. Uh, the University of Michigan played a big game over the weekend, pulling it out over the fighting Irish of Notre Dame. I love it when anyone beats Notre Dame, Sam, and what's Man, special you- when a friend of mine like your team wins. Man, when you, you talk about big games, uh, you know, this was the biggest regional game uh, probably in the history of college football. Uh, Chip Kelly, uh, he, he termed this a regional game. You know, he took a, a lot of criticism 
from the from the media uh, from from those comments. But uh, when you have two of the most storied programs in the history of the NCAA football, the most victories in the history of college football, Michigan, Notre Dame's two. You're talking about the top two winning percentages in college football. You're talking about a marquee matchup under the lights. Uh, and I guess like Coach Carr used to always ask us, where else would you rather be? 115,109 fans, a new NCAA record witness uh our quarterback uh possibly wear the ugliest number in college football history number 98 but i tell you he was a star of stars there uh gardner uh 21 of 33 294 yards four touchdowns in the air one interception and he also uh had 82 yards rushing in a touchdown uh jeremy gallon eight catches 184 yards and three touchdowns uh and a very impressive victory over Notre Dame, uh, 41 to 30 victory. And, uh, you know, uh, Coach Hope said earlier this summer that he felt that Notre Dame was chickening out of the rivalry. And, uh, so, you know, 115,000 fans got to hear the chicken, uh, the chicken song, uh, after we beat Notre Dame. Uh, and I'll tell you, man, as a Michigan man watching those guys come out, there's nothing like wearing that wing helmet, running out the tunnel, and touching that banner. Uh, man, it just gives me cheer bumps. And uh, like I said, man, I'm proud to be a Michigan man. I'm proud to watch my Wolverines beat Notre Dame. Uh, you're talking about big games. That's one of the, the biggest games in college football. And uh, I, I think it was a little disrespectful for uh, Coach Kelly to, to term at a regional game and saying that that game is not important to Notre Dame. Uh, I tell well, you what. Hey, he did come out and apologize after he said that, and he did acknowledge that the Notre Dame-Michigan game is a rivalry. Hey, but let's get to this kid Gardner, man. You know, 21-33, 294 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Hey, a QBR of 87.9. This is, those are some, pre- some impressive numbers, man. Um, and if he continues to play like this and Michigan continues to win, we're going to hear his name being called about around that Heisman time. I really think so. Hey, man, I, I think it's early. I, I think Gardner's a big-time leader. I think he's a big-time quarterback. I'm very impressed with the young man. He's a smart young man. You're talking about a young man that's graduated in three years. Uh, he has another year of eligibility left. But uh, I'll tell you what, it's going to be tough to keep that man in Ann Arbor for another year if he continue to play like this. Uh, another guy that I got to tip my hat to is the small receiver, Jeremy Gallant, man. He came up big, uh, eight catches, 184 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, and uh, also, uh, Toussaint, man, he ran the ball hard. He had 71 yards, but they were tough yards. And he had a big reception for over 30 yards late in the game that kind of helped seal the victory. Uh Defensively, uh, 30 points, that's a lot. Uh, but at the same time, man, you're talking a big game like that, a big-time opponent like Notre Dame. Uh, we got the victory. And, again, like I said, how how, how are they going to handle success? They got, an Akron yeah. team. they got an Akron team coming in this week. And, you know, you can't get too high. You can't get too low. Now they got to focus on. They got to put that game behind them, and they got to move on, and they got to take it one game at a time. And, uh Good things happen, man, when uh, you take it one game at a time and uh, you got to continue to get better. You can't reach your, pre- your press clippings. And, and Gardner is, is a heck of an athlete, man. You know, this is the same guy that, that led the team in rushing, 13 for 82 yards rushing, 6.3 yards an average. And he was a leading passer in this game as well. So, hey, you know, uh, he was a leading passer for Michigan. You know, I, I really think he's on his way to having a real special season. And, uh, and I – and I applaud Brady Hope for, um, for getting this guy prepared last year for this year. 
You know, he kind of got prepared by default when Denard had the nerve damage. Uh, th- this is a young man that uh, was willing to do whatever for his team, and he moved the wide receiver for the first five or six games last year. And, uh, again, uh, when his number was called, he took advantage of the opportunity. And you're talking about a guy who that can make all of the throws. And uh, he's a very athletic quarterback, but um, he's a pocket passer first, and that, that's what I really like. And, um, you know, he scrambled and made some big-time plays. Uh, some big time first downs for us. And, uh, you know, hey, man, again, let's not beat a dead horse. That's over. Uh, now it's time to get into the top 10. The University of Alabama was off uh, this past week, but they have a very big game coming up this week that we're going to hit on later. Uh, number two, Oregon, 59. Virginia 10 and uh you know Oregon has a, a running back quarterback combination that is serious Daryl very serious Sam and and I'll tell you man um they don't look like they missed Chip Kelly one bit coming into the season Hey, they don't look like they miss him, but I tell you what, this DeAnthony Thomas, uh, the Black Mamba, this this guy, if he get a crease, it's over. There's no catching him. Uh, 11 carries, 124 yards, three touchdowns. He's just like, he's like lightning in a bottle. And uh, Mariota, man, the quarterback, he's a big-time quarterback. You know, I don't think he get enough credit, but this guy, he can make all the throws. He, he can run the ball. Uh, I mean, it's going to be it's, it's tough to stop the guy. And like you said, Oregon hasn't missed a beat. Oh, I'm telling you, man. And the Anthony Thomas, man, this is a young man that averaged 8.7 yards of carry yesterday. The longest run was for 40 yards. But, man, 29 rushes, 252 yards. Hey, this guy's going to stop with five touchdowns. Man, he's, his name will definitely be considered in the Highland race for sure this year. And his quarterback, um, is 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 already up there. Twenty nine, uh, twenty six uh, completions of forty nine attempts, four hundred thirty three yards. Wow! You and know, he's only a he's, he's he's only a sophomore, Daryl. And you know, if you really compare his numbers last year to Johnny Footballs, they're pretty similar. They are very similar, very similar. So we're expecting some big things for him. And uh, you know, and I guess, and, and you know, Maryland, this team has to be playing with a little chip on their shoulders. You know. It is their coach jump ship, went to the NFL. Some people say that um that he wasn't you know, he, he jumped ship because they know he knew that uh, the NCAA was coming for him. Yeah, that, that's really rumored. And, uh, you know, they kind of wrote me the wrong way. Uh, there's no penalties for him. But at the same time, man, uh, they, they have a new coach. Uh, they put that behind, behind them, and uh, they haven't really missed a beat. You know, those guys, they've been there with Chip Kelly. Uh, they promoted from within. Uh, they, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. They are the number two team in the country. And uh, – I couldn't tell you who they're on a collision course with because the one thing about college football, from week to week, anything can happen. And uh, moving ahead, going to Columbus, Ohio, the number three Ohio State Buckeyes, 42, San Diego State University, seven. Uh, It was kind of a costly victory. Uh, Braxton Miller hurt his knee on the first series of the game. Uh, It's rumored that he has a sprained MCL. Urban Meyer said that if he's healthy, he's going to start this week. The one thing we know about Urban Meyer, he, he will work you and work you and work you until there's nothing left. Uh, but the thing is, Kenny Gain came in, the backup quarterback in Ohio State. They didn't miss a beat. Uh, 
Kenny Guyton had an impressive, he was an impressive 19 to 28, 152 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Ohio State, man, they're going to play. The one thing I can tell you about Ohio State, they're going to play solid defense. They're going to run the football, and uh, it's going to be a tough. It's going to be tough to beat that team. Well, I can tell you one thing about Ohio State and their program. Urban Meyer is going to have his team well prepared, and they're going to fight you to the very end. And, um, you know, don't be surprised if anything happens in an Urban Meyer game, whether it be a throwback pass to the quarterback, whether it be a, a, um, a guard end around. You just never know what you're going to get from Urban Meyer. Man. You know, I, I, a lot of people don't like Urban. I, I think he's a, a quality coach. I think he, he runs a, a super football team. Now, some of his ethics may be a little questionable, but I, I, I think like he's a cheater, Daryl. I think he's a cheater. He's a guy that doesn't really care about getting his players prepared. And um, Braxton Miller better be careful, man. If I'm you, Braxton Miller, I wouldn't go back out until I'm 100 uh, percent because Urban Meyer, he's going to try to convince you that you're ready to go before it's time. So uh, err on the side of caution, young man. <laughs> So Sam, you, you you're saying that um, that Urban Meyer is the kind of guy that will run run a, run a, run a young man into the ground, whether he's injured or not. Have you watched the uh, floor? Did you watch Florida play? Did you watch Percy Harvin? Yeah, I watched Percy Harvin, and I would have did, to. Did you get the feeling man. that he, did? Did you get the feeling that he was being run into the ground? I think Percy Hall was very happy to lead the University of Florida. <laughs> I, I do too. Hey guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. We'll be right back after the break. Your internet flagship station for sports. sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel tune in to the voice america variety channel on the voice america talk radio network voice america variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events arts and entertainment leadership parenting relationships self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Sam, the number four team in the top ten is Clemson Tigers, man. The Clemson Tigers play South Carolina State. Wow, 52-13. I tell you, this guy Boyd is a real deal. He's a, he's a quality quarterback, top quality quarterback. Daryl, this game was over before it started. And uh, <laughs> what, what I'm impressed with, Clemson's backup quarterback, Cole Stop came in 19-20, 143 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, I tell you what, it's good to get your backup quarterback some reps because it's a long season. You never know what can happen. You would hate to see Ty's boy go down, but it also gives you a lot of confidence when you know that you have a reliable backup that can come in the game and get the job done. And, uh, you know, Clemson scored twice on uh, defensive touchdowns. Again, this is one of them games where South Carolina State was happy be to come to Clemson, uh, take the paycheck. Thank you very much. Let's just get out the game healthy. Uh, and this paycheck is pretty much going to fund their athletic program for this upcoming season, Daryl. And the beauty of it is, man, they didn't have to fly there. They caught a nice um, bus. It was a nice bus trip, probably about an hour and a half. Not bad at all. You go over there, you get beat up. But the program does make a lot of money. Don't like those philosophies, but I know it's good for both both teams, man. I really, I really do. Yes, it is. Hey, man, uh, in the Battle of the Bay, Stanford 34, San Jose State 13. I tell you one, the one thing we can count on for Stanford uh, from when Harbaugh was there, now you got a coach, Coach Shaw's there. Uh, Stanford's going to run the ball. They're going to be physical. Uh, You're talking about a West Coast offense. Uh, David Shaw, he was in Oakland with uh, John Gruden. His daddy's a defensive guru. Uh, Willie Shaw, uh, Stanford, they're going to run the ball. They're going to play tough defense. And, uh, you know, this is a team that that has been really, really uh, rolling, Daryl. And, uh, you know, a lot of people felt that this was a job that you couldn't really win at. Tyrone Willihan won at Stanford. But after he left, after he left until Harbaugh came, it was it was tough pickings for Stanford. And now Jim Harbaugh and, and Coach Shaw, they really have Stanford rolling. You're talking about the number five team in the country, Dale. Uh Stanford, uh, and they look like they're on a collision course with the Oregon Ducks in the Pac, uh, Pac-12. Yeah, you know how we talk about Oregon? We talk about they play a fancy brand of football. They're going to chuck the ball all over the field, all around the field. Well, it's it's not that way with Stanford, man. I mean, they, they got a fullback in the backfield. They got a tight end. They determine what the strong side is going to be right away. And they run it down your throat, whether it be counteraction, whether it be spread draw, or whether it just be blasting you right at you. And don't be surprised when they throw it to their tight end. It's just like the professionals do. So you see a lot of the pro-style offense when we watch Stanford. And it's exciting to watch, man. We don't see a, watch, a lot of it here on the East Coast unless they play late night. But uh, it's, it's exciting to watch. It really is. Yes. And, uh, Daryl, one of the biggest games of the weekend, man, Georgia, South Carolina, number 11 versus number 6. Uh, this game was a lot closer than the score indicate. 
41 to 30. Uh, the old ball coach was a little upset with his defense. And uh, I, I really feel that there's a lot of pressure on the defense coordinator in South Carolina when you have Javion Clowney coming out saying that uh, they have to be more creative in how they use them. And your head coach is agreeing with you. Uh, you know, when, when you're a star defensive player, the one thing I'll say about Clowney is that the expectations have been so high on him. It's going to be hard for him to be successful. You know, if he gets two sacks, you're going to say he should have had three or four. But when you're a defensive end, it's easy to take a defensive end out the game plan. You take him out the game plan by running away from him and making him set the edge and, and be contained on the backside and chase the play from the backside. Now, uh, if you're South Carolina, you got to move him. You got to stand him up. You got to put him over the nose guard. You got to twist him. He got to play left end. He got to play right in. You got to blitz him from the middle linebacker spot. Daryl, you have to be creative with one of the best football players on the land, regardless of of whether it's college or the NFL. Well, you know, man, um, I'm going to say this, Sam, and I know I've caught some flag for saying some things on this show, but I, I think Clown is a little bit overrated. I mean, when we look at this play against him, this, this play that has brought him all the fame that he could have ever wanted, when he hit the kid from Michigan and knocked his helmet off, Sam, when you look at that the next time, he was untouched. I mean, nobody touched him. How can you come through a guard and a center or a guard and a tackle and not be touched? Somebody got to put a hand on you. So he, I look at he him. He was unblocked, but I'm just talking about from a sheer pass rushing uh, presence. 13 sacks is 13 sacks. And you're talking about in the SEC against some of the best tackles in college football. Now, he got a lot of, he got a lot of fame and a lot of buzz for that hit. And it was a big-time hit, and anybody could have made that hit, like you said, unblocked. But don't sleep on the physical skills. You're talking about 6'6", 4'5", 40-ish. I mean, you're talking about a freak of an athlete. And, and, and the guy can play football, and, 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 and I agree with him. I agree with Coach Spurrier. We have to do a better job of moving him around. It's easy when you know where a guy's going to line up at all the time. You got to move him around. You got to run some stunts. Sometimes you got to you got to let him stand up, man. Let him be an athlete. But uh, at the end of the day, man, you're talking about a Georgia team uh, that that played well. I really like this Georgia team. They lost a week earlier to Clemson, the number four team in the um, country. But you're talking about. Murray, the quarterback. You're talking about Gurley, the tailback, a big physical tailback. Um, this is a team that really controls its own destiny because they don't have any losses in the SEC conference. If they can run the table, Daryl, I can see Georgia possibly playing for a national championship if they don't lose any games. Because the one thing we know, if you play in the SEC, if you have one loss, you're going to be in the picture for the national championship game. Well, let me tell you this, Sam. You know, it's not going to surprise me to see Mark Rick, former University of Miami football player and former FSU offensive coordinator under Bobby Bowden. It's not going to surprise me to see him playing for the national championship. We've seen him play for the SEC championship, been in the running for that for the last couple of years in a row. And when you got this guy, Murray, 37 completions, 52 attempts, but 632 yards, man. I mean, he was he he chunked the ball around. Um, you know, those are some numbers that that's gonna that's gonna definitely have him in some NFL camp. 
next year for sure. You're talking about, you're talking about Andrew Murray, who Coach Tony Dungy said that uh, if he had the number one pick, he'd have had him, he would have picked him number one last year. That's the Andrew Murray, who was wow. nearly flawless against South Carolina, uh, 17-23, 309 yards, four touchdowns. Man, you're talking about a big-time uh, player. He's a four-year starter at the University of Georgia. How many quarterbacks start for four years in the SEC? I'll tell you what, not many. Uh, he's one of the few, and he's pretty much going to own every uh, SEC uh, passing record when his time is up. And I really like Gurley, man. He's a great compliment to Murray. Uh, like I said, a big physical running back. He had 134 yards on 30 carries and a touchdown, man. And uh, Georgia, don't sleep on him. Nah, don't, don't sleep on him. And, and, and Gurley is one physical specimen at that position as well, man. He runs you, very hard. Yeah, he do. He runs very, very hard, man. And, uh, you know, the SEC is tough. They're playing in the toughest division in college, well, the toughest conference in college football. So uh, it's going to be say interesting. That, say that when, when teams are playing Kentucky, man. You know, come hey. on, everybody. Say that when they're playing Vanderbilt, man. I'm talking, I'm talking Georgia. I'm talking, I'm talking Georgia. I'm talking Florida. I'm talking Alabama. I'm talking Texas and I'm talking LSU. LSU. They used to be a powerhouse. Man, LSU. LSU is going to be. They're going. They're going to be there. Hey, Darren. Give Georgia a little heat. Yeah. Sam Houston State took a big check to go to Texas A&M. Sam Houston State got beat 65 to 28 in a tune-up game. Alabama had a bye week. Texas A&M had a cupcake. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, man, uh, a lot of America can't wait to see giant football get a sock stuck in. It. You know, what I mean? understand what I'm saying? So I, I'm not one of those people. You know, I want to see Manziel have a productive season. I really would like to see him tone it down. But, man, the guy threw for two, uh, 28 completions, 41 attempts, 403 yards. Hey, those, those are very, very good numbers. Those are winning numbers. I agree with Sam Houston State, but, hey, got to play who's in front of him. Yeah, that that is true, man. Well, I tell you what, Texas Texas A and M big tested this week. Alabama um, will pay them a visit. You're talking about a game day. You're talking about the college, the the atmosphere. This is the game of the week. Uh, number one, Alabama versus Texas A and M, man. Johnny Football upset them last year and pretty much won the Heisman off of that game. Uh, it's going to be exciting to see. Uh, I look forward to uh, to that game and. Uh, we're going to make our predictions a little later in that game, Daryl. Hey, I'm I'm really looking forward to that game. Um, I, mean, I think I think Alabama has a small edge, but at the same time, you know, the Heisman Trophy winner is has something to prove. He has a chip on his shoulder, and uh, he's coming out fire. Hey, man, we shall see. We shall see. Uh, moving along, Eastern Kentucky. Seven, the University of Louisville, the number eight-ranked team in the country, 44. I tell you what, if there's anybody that's going to really, that's really breathing down Johnny Football's neck for the uh, Heisman Trophy, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, he's off to an outstanding start uh, to the season in his two games, man. Uh, he was 23 of 32, 397 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, you're talking about the guy that's the potential number one pick in the upcoming NFL draft. Uh there's not enough good things that I can say about this young man. Uh, that's one that the University of Miami let slip through the cracks. 
Hey, you know, I think we did let Teddy Bridgewater slip through the cracks, but at the same time, our program was going to turmoil, and uh, we were not in a, in, a, in a position to just pick the litter like we used to be. And so Teddy made a good decision, and, and a lot of people in Miami are very happy with him and, and happy to see that he's he's left the state and, uh, and, and, and made our state look good in another state. He's flourishing, man. He's flourishing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, super athlete and a very nice young man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, man, the cap off the top ten. LSU fifty six, UAB seventeen. I tell you what, uh, Les Miles, man, he's one of my favorite coaches in college football. He is a Michigan man. Uh, you know, he gets he gets criticized, but I tell you, the one thing that I really like about LSU and it's going to really make them a better team is uh, the new offensive coordinator, Cam Cameron. Man, uh, you're talking about one of the brightest. Minds in football, uh, you know, some guys are better offensive coordinators than they are head uh, head coaches. Uh, Cam has been an offensive coordinator in the NFL in college. He's been a head coach in the NFL and in college. I just think that this is an awesome hire by uh, Les Miles. Uh, he's going to do an outstanding job with the quarterbacks there. And, uh, you know, LSU, man, they're going to have athletes after athlete on the field. And uh, this is a team that's uh, when it's all said and done, they're going to they're going to. They're going to help determine who's going to be playing in the SEC championship game, man. They're going to be there. They're going to be you know, right man, there. Man, I really think there's some there's some hidden secrets in this LSU team that I think we should really take a look at. You know, it's the quarterback Mettenberg, sixteen and nineteen, two eighty two against the UAB. I'm not so sure about it. He threw for five touchdowns, but hey. 16-19, What did you just say a couple minutes ago? You got to play who's in front of you. got to play who's in front of But I'm saying you got to play who's, who's in front of you. But we got to put up some big numbers on the people that should that we should be padding our stats on. We should be putting up some padded stats numbers, man. So 16-19, yards, five touchdowns, that's not padding your stats? Not against UAB. That should have been 382, man. And when you look at, when you look at the running attack, for uh, for LSU, you know, Hilliard ran for eleven for fifty eleven rushes for fifty four yards. That's just not enough, man. Hill ran for six for fifty. That might be nice, but I'm just these these top rushes and and, and the top um, the top quarterback for LSU. Those are not numbers that we would expect from a team that's playing a, a, a underqualified team. Hey man, you beat a team by thirty nine points. At the end of the day, you get out the game healthy. What more can you ask for? Hey, you, you're gonna, they're gonna have to run the ball. If they're gonna be successful in the SEC, they're gonna have to run the ball a, uh, better. But hey, it's only the second game of the season, man. They're gonna be, they're gonna be okay, fine. Sir. Let me tell you one of these other hidden secrets. Out of he, he completed 14 passes. Ten of those Six, completions. 16. He completed 16 passes. Ten of those completions with your two guys. I think these. This is something that we need to kind of just, just take a little peek at. As we got to pay. We got to pay attention to it. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. You just, you know, he, he, he completed 16 passes, and 10 of them were to two guys. That means he's not spreading the ball around for sure. And um, I just don't think that's that's not the kind of production we're looking for against a team like UAB, who. Um, Who's in the Big East Conference in football? And this is the SEC. I'm telling you, don't. I think the SEC this year it got some good teams, but we still have some some work to do in the SEC for us to be back to the old SEC. All right, Dale. The game of the week this week is definitely uh, Alabama 
at Texas A&M. Uh, you got Johnny Football. You got Nick Saban. You got uh, you got Alabama going for their third straight national championship. What are your predictions and why? Who's going to win the game and why? You know, I look for Alabama to win the game, and I look for Alabama to do what they always do, grind it out, count football. I think they're going to run the ball real hard and try to keep the time possession in their favor in a big way. And I, I look for about a 30, 32-14, 32-21 uh, win Alabama. I am. Uh, I'm going with Alabama. I think it's going to be a shootout. Uh, I know Nick Saban um, is going to have his team fired up, especially after uh, Virginia Tech kind of dominated their offensive line. So Saban's going to have them motivated. I really feel that uh, Yeldon's one of the best running backs in the country. Uh, Alabama has a big time quarterback on their own. Uh, the, the revenge factor is going to play in. I'm going to go. 38-34 University of Alabama. Uh, Johnny Football is going to have a big day, but he's going to come up a little short that defense. Uh, and real quick before we go to the break, uh, a couple coaching coaches' hot seats had seats have got really hot. Daryl uh, Mac Brown and Lane Kiffin, University of Texas and uh, USC, both lost. Both teams out of the top twenty-five. Texas ended up firing the defensive coordinator Manny Diaz, who was one of the highest-paid defensive coordinators in college football, and uh, replaced him with a uh, former head coach Greg Robinson. Hey guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. We'll be right back after the break. flagship station for sports voice america sports are you a real sports fan get ready to talk football and anything else sports with kwame lassiter formerly with the arizona cardinals san diego chargers and st louis rams kwame's got the experience so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on kwame lassiter's sports talk it's on the voice america sports network every tuesday at 9 a.m pacific time noon eastern time get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports that's kwame lassiter's sports talk on the voice america sports network are you a philly sports fan maybe you're local to philly or you're a transplanted philly fan either way you want to check out philly sports jabronis it's a radio show that has nothing to do with chicago sports it's not about nyc and la can't even muster a football team of their own it's all about Philly sports and nothing but Philly sports most of the time. Join your hosts Mike Greger and Joe Dara every Friday at 7 p.m. Philly time, 4 p.m. on the West Coast for the transplants on the Voice America Sports Channel. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. 
That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And hey, welcome back to Sports Info Europe. Sam, before we left, we were talking about Mac Brown and Lane Kiffin. You know, both of these guys are on the hot seat. We know. But, Sam, Lane Kiffin, man, he should have never got a job for the Oakland Raiders as a head coach. He should have never gotten a job as a Tennessee Tennessee uh, Volunteers head coach. And there's no way he should have gotten a job to be the USC Trojans head football coach. He has not put in the work. He didn't deserve it. He's living off his dad's coattail, and now his dad is not even with him. So what should we expect? You know, this is a guy that's only had progress when his dad was with him, and it wasn't that good. So what should we expect when his dad is now with, with the Dallas Cowboys, and he's out there in California by himself? He's well, not ready they, for this, man. They kind of ran his dad out, out of uh... – out of Southern California, but I tell you what, his dad is one of the most well-respected uh, defensive minds in uh, in all of football at any level. He's the uh, currently the Dallas Cowboys uh, defensive coordinator, Monty Kiffin. Uh, he's one of the orchestrators of the Tampa Two system. And hey, man, uh, you know Lane, the way he left Oakland and uh, the way he left Tennessee, uh, he kind of get a bad rep. But uh, I, I tell you what, uh, the Harden says that uh, he has his support, but. Uh, the, the boo birds are getting a little louder and louder. You have one of the best wide receivers in college football and Marquise Lee. He had uh, seven balls for 27 yards. That's just not enough. Uh, the, the quarterback play is definitely hurting them. Uh, they, they have some young guys, but uh, we expect USC to just reload. We kind of got spoiled with uh, Pete Carroll and the job that, that he did out there, and we thought that Lane, who was a part of that, would uh, would be able to recreate that magic. But uh, I, I really feel that if, if Lane continues to stumble, this is going to be his last year in California, and I really feel that the guy who's gonna who probably should have had the job in the first place is the Washington head coach. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if USC make a run after him if he get fired, if Lane gets fired. And, uh, you know, Mac Brown, he won a national championship eight years ago. And uh, it's in this what have you done for me lately world. Uh, you know, now that you fired your defensive coordinator, uh, if you don't win, you got to point the finger at yourself, man. I, I really feel that Mac, Mac Brown has done a wonderful job with the University of Texas program. Uh, he made them relevant again. But uh, at the same time, man, sometimes if you don't adjust to this game, you kind of get lost in the shuffle. And uh, it, it, it's tough, man. It's tough seeing Mac Brown struggle. I really like Mac Brown. I think he's a great guy. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's tough. It's going to be a tough decision uh, that the AD is going to have to make. Do you run away the guy that, that won your last championship? Uh, he's done a great job with recruiting. And uh, it's going to be tough. That's going to be a tough call, man. He fired his uh, – he fired uh, Manny Diaz, who was supposed to be one of the best guys in the business. Like I said, he's one of the highest-paid defensive coordinators in the, in college football. Greg Robinson's big-time. Uh, he's a big-time defensive coordinator. He's a Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator when the Denver Broncos won a couple Super Bowls. Uh, had a little success at Syracuse. Uh, Got a bad rep when he uh, was at Michigan with Rich Rod, but uh, I don't really blame that on him. I, I, I see him as a stand-up guy, uh, knowing some of the inside stuff that went on at Michigan uh, with, with Rich Rodriguez and a, a guy willing uh, um, to be thrown under the bus. So, you know, I hope Coach Robinson has some success there in Texas. He's been there before. Yeah, I hope Coach Robinson has success too, but I, I just don't think he's the guy for this job. And uh, I see Matt Brown 
you know, packing his bags at the end of this season. He'll, he'll be out the gate. Hey, but Sam, let's get right into this NFL, man. When you talk about the NFL, you got to be talking about Peyton Manning. Seven touchdowns in one NFL game. We're going to have guys that will play six games in the NFL this year and won't throw seven touchdowns. Peyton Manning is the man. You know, Peyton you got to love his commercials, too. Hey, man, it is the man, and uh, you're talking about he tied an NFL record with seven touchdowns. Man, uh, one thing about Peyton Manning, man, he make everybody on the field better, Daryl. And uh, he has Wes Welker now. Uh, he has a lot of weapons, man. He, uh, he used the tight end. He threw the ball to everybody, man. He spread the ball around. And uh, the one thing uh, that, that – that you know with Peyton Manning, man, if you're open, he's going to get you the ball. He's not like a coach on the field. He is a coach on the field, Daryl. And uh, it's just great, man, to have yeah. Peyton Manning in Denver. And uh, it's just amazing that he's saying that he's still, he'll never be as good as he was. I would hate to see him get to the level that he was at. Uh, you know, and Sam, I was one of those doubters about Peyton Manning, too, man. Oh, Peyton, man, you hey, was. We had to be the 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. And the 49ers came out on top. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, you know, he, he took a lot of flack um, from the Green Bay Packers. A lot of people said they were, the Green Bay Packers um, players came out and said, hey, we're going to hit him when he's running, when he's carrying out his fake. We're going to be putting it on him. So don't be surprised to see him getting off the ground. Hey, Callen showed that he is a drop back quarterback. He does not need to run the ball. He does not need to run in his trickery formations. He will stand in the pocket and whoop you. Hey, man, you, uh, whew, Colin Kaepernick, man, he was he was the man, Daryl. And, and, and I tell you what, you're talking about a Green Bay team that gave up 181 yards rushing to Colin Kaepernick in the playoffs. I think they were a little punch shot, man. They, they were so concerned about stopping the zone read. Kaepernick said, hey, man, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to beat you with my arm. He showed in the Super Bowl that he can make all the throws. You're talking about a guy that just, he slings the football, Daryl. But I tell you what, there was a big play in this game that was kind of the referees. They missed a big call uh there was a there was a rough in the quarterback penalty on the sideline uh staley and clay matthews kind of got into it it should have been an offset penalty and the down should have counted should have went the fourth down the referees replayed the downs the 49ers score that was a crucial play in that game uh you're talking about possibly a different outcome and you're talking about a green bay packer team that has to be scratching their heads saying why does this continue to happen to us and uh but you're, you're talking about another guy uh, that had a big-time performance, Anquan Bolden, man. But it, you're talking about a, a big-time debut. Uh, was he worth those $2 million that the Baltimore Ravens didn't want to pay? Yes, he was. You're talking about 13 catches, 208 yards, a touchdown, and this biggest catch came on fourth and two when Jim Harbaugh rolled the dice and said, we're going to go for it. I, think, I tell you what, Daryl, I love the call. Instead of – because at first he tried to draw them all sides. He called the timeout. He thought about it. Hey, if we get two yards, the game is over. Why put the ball back in Aaron Rodgers' hands? I mean, I love the call, Daryl. Big-time game, man. He was wondering, hey, with no Michael Crabtree, with no Mario Mann in hand, who, who is Colin going to throw the ball to besides Vernon Davis? I tell you who he's going to throw the ball to, Anquan Bolden. And it's going to be scary to see this offense when those two guys return, Daryl. 
you know, man, when I think back about some of the games that I watched when I was a kid, I look at some of the best receivers during that time. You know, Man Swan was no doubt one of the best receivers I saw at that time. You know, uh, when I watched Terry Rice when he played, he was one of the best receivers during his time. When we look at these guys now, Larry Johnson, Fitzgerald, and we throw Anquan Bolden in that mix, he is one of the best receivers of our time. He probably will never get the credit that he deserves, but, man, this guy can really play the game. I saw him at Florida State. I've said it before. I saw him in high school where in track where he was Mr. Football and Mr. Basketball. I saw him win 100 meters in track and field in the state of Florida. This kid can straight up play the game. He's super physical, though, man. I mean, when he gets the ball, he's running. He's not a very fast athlete, but, boy, he runs like a fullback or a tight end when he gets the ball, man. Guys he's moving out of this game He's just a football player, man. He's not the fastest guy, but I tell you what, he found a way to get the job done. Uh, he's had a great career, man. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's he's gonna have. He has Hall of Fame numbers, and that's gonna be a tough debate with all these wide receivers. Hey, Daryl, last night that was another great game. Uh, there's no love lost between these two teams, the Cowboys and the Giants, man. You're talking about a, a turnover fest last night for the. Uh, the Giants turn the ball over too much. It's going to be hard to beat any good team when you turn the ball over six times. But uh, they lost still a close game. Uh, if you can get get over the turnovers, man, uh, the Giants are going to be a pretty good football team. Uh, but they definitely have to protect the football if they're going to be successful. Uh, Eli had three interceptions, man. It's going to be tough. 450 yards. But when you throw three interceptions, Darrell, that puts a lot of pressure on your football team. Yeah, it does put a lot of pressure on your football team, Sam. And uh, it puts so much pressure on the Giants to the point where they're looking for running backs. They called up Willis, Willis McGay. He's going to be working out for them this weekend. They called up Jacobs, a former running back for the Giants, when the last when they won a Super Bowl some years back. He's going to be working out for them this week. Hey, they got to have somebody to hold on to the ball. And not only not only um, hold on to the ball, but we got to pick up these blitz protections. We got to have. Good blocking from our running backs, and I just don't see the Giants as having that. You know, Tiki Barber had a, had a fumbling problem when he first came into the league, and uh, the Giants and and um, Tom Coughlin were able to rec- were able to rectify that problem. He turned out to be a, a non-fumbling, very productive running back, and maybe they could do the same thing with Brown. And uh, I, I really hope so. I like the young man out of uh, out of Virginia Tech. Wilson. Wilson had. Uh, he was benched after fumbling, man, and uh, I don't blame uh, Coach Coughlin. The one thing we know about Coach Coughlin, he's not going to put up with guys fumbling the football. He's going to send a message to you, and uh, he did the right thing. He took him out of the game, but uh, again, man, you're not going to beat anyone when you turn the ball over six times, and uh, especially your rival, the Cowboys, man. There's no love lost between these team, two teams, but I tell you what, man, Tony Romo, uh, he took a couple big shots. He kept on ticking. Uh, he played last night like he uh, he deserves that the big raise he got, Daryl. Yeah, you know, but um, I tell you, man, I was probably most impressed with DeMarco Murray. You know, um, here, here's a young man that, that got hurt last year. A lot of people still questioning his durability. 20 rushes, 86 yards, 4.33 yards per carry. I'm really impressed. And he, he, he always starts the season out very high. And let's hope he can sustain this. And if he can, it's going to take a lot of pressure off of Tony, Tony Romo. But, man, when you look at it, man, Jason Witten probably is one of the oldest tight ends in the league, and he's still very productive. 
Still very productive. Eight receptions, 70 yards. Hey. He's very good. It's always big. a blanket. Yeah. There's there's nothing like having a security blanket. Hey, Daryl, another big-time uh, well, big uh, conference game. The Atlanta Falcons went to the Superdome to take on the New Orleans Saints and Sean Payne's return. And I tell you, this was a great football game. And who would have thought that the New Orleans Saints would have won the game at the end with their defense? They got a big interception uh, from Roman Harper in the end zone on fourth down to seal the victory. But a, a close game, a defensive game game 23 to 17 victory and uh man i tell you what uh sean Payne made a big difference uh you we all know what drew Brees can do uh he can throw the football with the best of them 357 yards two touchdowns he did throw an interception uh they didn't get much of a running game. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, they were without really one of their big guns. And Roddy White, uh, he played, but he wasn't as effective as we're used to him being. Uh, it's hard to plan and make those cuts there when you have a sore ankle. Yeah, it is, man. But, you know, um, Antonio Gates changed the way we look at tight ends in the NFL. And this kid, Jimmy Graham, has taken it to another level of these former college basketball players that turn out to be just phenomenal NFL tight ends. And and Jimmy Graham, man, is is something very special. And he's a special player to watch. He's um, he's, 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 he's huge, and he has very soft hands. He's very physical. Uh, I think he's he's just going to, you know, continue to get better. And we have to realize he's only been in the league like three years. He's going to get a huge payday if he hasn't already got it, especially after uh, watching Gronkowski get paid, uh, Vernon Davis. Uh, you mean the tight end position right now is very, very important to what a lot of these uh, NFL offenses are doing. And uh, Jimmy Graham is one of the top two or three tight ends in all of football. And uh, anything he gets is well-deserved. He has an amazing story. Uh, you know, a guy who barely played in basketball and uh, decided to play football the senior year and uh, lo and behold he's turning out to be one of the best tight ends in in all of football and if he continue at the pace man he might he might be in camp one day Daryl you know I can't remember how the story goes whether he asked Randy Shannon could he come out for football because he had another year of eligibility or Randy Shannon asked him would he come out for football because he had another year of eligibility but hey any way you cut it man he's another one of those um Swagger guys from the University of Miami who's doing their thing in the NFL. Hey, Daryl, man, we got a game that's going on right now, and uh, uh, we're down our last two minutes. I, I really feel that we have to hit on this. Uh, Chip Kelly. He left Oregon to go to the NFL. A lot of coaches leave the NFL, leave college to go to the NFL. They don't really have a lot of success. You know, we heard about this offense, how fast-paced it was going to be all summer long and now it's finally been unleashed and I tell you what man it's scary Daryl right now the score is currently 26 to 7 the Eagles at the halftime the Philadelphia Eagles have 21 first downs to the Washington Redskins three the Philadelphia Eagles have 322 yards to Washington's 75 uh, 171 yards passing and 151 yards rushing we're talking about numbers that you accumulate in one half I mean in a, in a whole game they've already accumulated in the um, first half Daryl I tell you what this is scary we have one minute send us home take us home Daryl 
Man, this is very scary. I tell you, LaShawn McCoy has 20 rushes already for 115 yards. This is very scary. I tell you, Robert Griffin, 5 of 11 for 53 yards. He does not look like a top quality NFL quarterback in this game, Sam. I'm concerned about him. I really think we pushed him a little bit. Um, I really think Mike Shanahan pushed him just a little bit too hard this time and let him do what he wanted to do. He probably should have been held up. Hey, this is Sports Info UM. We're always here for you. Let's do this thing, Sam. Peace. We out. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.